Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake, you know, those guys. He brought sexy back. You he gotta did. Give it- he brought sexy back. He brought it back. It was dead. It was on death's door. <laughs> Almost gone. If it weren't for him. He was the solely, solely responsible. <laughs> He's getting a little old, though. He's got to turn his sexy over to Justin Bieber now. A new Justin will come. I actually might have to use that. That's pretty good. If you like it, it's yours. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are so awesome. I noticed that your last name is Golden. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is my last name. Could be long lost cousins. We could be. We are. Where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Buffalo, New York. That's my hometown. I'm from right around Buffalo, New York. I'm from Westfield, New York. Oh, okay. So maybe we are like some kind of relation there. Yeah, it works. So now, has have you started your podcast yet? Do you actually have episodes? They're Uh, they're out. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Premiered on October 15th, and yeah, we're we're now on episode. Four or five? Yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're now on... Chapter so, five. Yeah, yes. chapter five. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I, I guess we will introduce our guests today. Why don't you tell us who you are and tell us a little bit about your podcast. And then we'll go into the questions that we have for you, which are not okay. in any way related to your podcast. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, we're down for the ride. All right. Um, so, hey, I, I'm Amanda Meadows, and this is... I'm Jeffrey Golden. Uh, and uh, together we co-host a new podcast uh, for book lovers and haters called Dirt Cheap, uh, where we read uh, one very strange book, Murder in the Glass Room, a classic pulp noir from 1945. Well, classic is a bit generous. I was going to say. Would, yeah, <laughs> vintage, perhaps. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but certainly not uh, not good. It's not bad. in anyone's canon. It's a I'll bad say. book. So <laughs> is this like MST3K for books? That is exactly, that is, a, that is a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good, uh, yeah, that would be a good elevator pitch for us to use. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can, uh, I'll tell you what, it's yours, you can use that. Perfect. Do, so basically, uh, Amanda has not read the book at all. I have not. I'm reading the book, I'm a chapter ahead in where we, so so every time we go into the, to the booth to record, I read Amanda a chapter of the book mm-hmm. and we just talk about it like we we break as we're talking we'll just be like hold on a minute we gotta talk about that <laughs> i love we, it the uh the what in a, in a recent chapter that we recorded uh they referenced a boxer named tony galento yes and we went on a long tangent because i i found his wikipedia page to be absolutely fascinating so yeah you learn a lot about tony galento in that episode this and is I, a gentleman i just gotta say he he wrestled an octopus he boxed a bear and what? his and what did he eat what did he eat to train beer and spaghetti and just chickens. Oh my <laughs> god! Like 
six whole chickens. He ate six whole chickens. Or like one, in one match, he ate 50 some hot dogs before a match as part of a bet. Holy so these are the kinds of crap. So we'll make fun of the book and, and the detect, you know, the, the lead is Phil Norris. He's a bookie. Real misanthrope. He'll describe people he loves as like, he's like his mother figure is like big and warm. But then he'll go on to describe like a sofa that he loves for like two pages, like yeah. two pages. Of- oh my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because that, that book came out, I think I, I listened to the first episode on the way in today and that came out what, like 1940, 1940s, right? Yeah, 1945. Okay. Yes, yes. It's weird and it's a bizarre book and it's led to a lot of interesting, I think it leads to a lot of interesting conversations about, <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. about, uh, about, the, about our current condition and why we find ourselves. It's interesting yeah. how many of there the There are some real parallels. But <laughs> like, uh, there is a lot of relevance to today. There are a lot of problems in this book that we are still working on. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I haven't really gotten very far. I loved your description of the cover. When I got to Martha's, I was like, okay, I need to look up what this cover looks like. (laughs) It's such a weird choice for a cover. It looks like you're walking in on something. It it does. It definitely does. (laughs) Yeah, he is a sweaty gentleman. He is sweaty, ghostly gentleman. He looks like he's half dead. You were talking about The Walking Dead earlier. If you you just take that art, I'd just be like, yeah, that's a zombie. He's like an early zombie. Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking before you guys joined us. An ongoing conversation that we have on the podcast and we're always interested to hear the input of other people on the subject we want to know what the role of garden gnomes have what what role do they play in the identification of swingers because we googled it one time uh, about signals that you're a swinger that your household is a swinger and one of them was garden gnomes in your front lawn which Martha has a ton of garden gnomes and loves them. And no, I am not a swinger. So, you know, I had to tell her well, about it. Listen, it. It's not that everybody who has a garden gnome is a swinger, but, but maybe it's, it's that... that some swingers use a gnome system <laughs> right. of their own design. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, <laughs> so no. you know, to, to communicate among their fellow swings. I see. Feel like yeah. swingies. I feel if like you're this open this for business, then the, the gnome comes out. Is that what it is? Right. All right. Yeah. We're ready for yeah, some new an answer key somewhere. There ha- yeah. So every time we find gnomes, um, I was just at, uh, at good old Tarjay and texted Martha and I said, I have Christmas gnomes. They're coming to your house. They're, oh, they're darling. I like those gnomes. <laughs> the, I, I was just going to say this, this whole, uh, the gnome second, boy, it adds another layer to Gnomeo and Juliet. Oh. <laughs> Maybe there yeah. was a lot going on behind the scenes there. We don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Most popular you know, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Maybe there's another reason why those families are rivals. Oh. We need to rewatch this movie with new eyes. Factions. Yeah, absolutely. Some are BDSM. Others are... Others are in a puppy play or something. They have to keep it, but they dislike each other's kinks. They're... Yeah, they're... I see it. They need to learn how to accept... Yeah, yeah. This is amazing. It's a rainbow full of possibilities. And we yeah, can all- you know, and and I'm not. And the reason I'm asking isn't so that I can shame um, the, the members of the swinging community or you know. Not. 
Or, <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, swinging is, is, is just fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that we want to know if we're inadvertently putting out signals, you know, because it's, it's not right, right to put out the signals. You don't want someone else astray, but you're wasting someone's time. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. How often do people come up to your home? No, that's never happened. It, in Oklahoma. Like, like, with a full, like, masquerade mask on. Yeah. Yeah. We, we live in like rural a Oklahoma. Towels. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe wearing, like, a leather trench coat. Yeah, luckily I live in a retirement-type community, even though I'm oh, okay. not a retiree. Oh, I, I, I live in a very well, small... Okay, wait a minute. Yeah, hold on. Retirement just... communities are kind of known for swimming. I was going to say, true. Some, like, some, of those, some of those old people can get down with it. Holy crap. Now that I think about it, maybe yeah. I really need to revisit my gnome placing. Okay, and think about it, Martha. You always you get give... your gnomes tested for all the STDs. <laughs> You're right. right. You want to make sure that your gnomes are clean. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? We've ruined. We've successfully ruined gnomes for Martha forever. <laughs> make sure that, that they wrap that hat before not... they tap. This is maybe this is a good opportunity to get your note to know your neighbors. Like yes. you're in this closed community. Maybe you do, you just put a flyer under everybody's door. Hi, you know, we just, this is an anonymous survey. Please right. let me know. Does my, do my, do the gnomes on my front lawn connote that I am a swinger? <laughs> well, since, since my, uh, since the people who live in my neighborhood and I are politically uh, opposites, <clears throat> oh. uh, we already know that I don't get along real well with the neighbors. Oh, okay. Because you know right. they 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 tend to um, they they stick to the Oklahoma traditional red state yes. type way of life. Okay, they got they got that like ma like they're maga swingers. You don't want to like I don't want no maga get, swingers you don't over here. Tangle with maga. No. Honestly, they're very close off mean, about it. I, Imagine like a MAGA sex party. Like how good would oh it be? Oh my like, god! <laughs> I, here's the thing: not very generous. They're I not generous like, lovers. Right. That's right. the problem. Can you right. just it's imagine? I can. I can about... see it. In, I can. I can see it in the neighborhood. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah, and it's gonna be like men running the show, which is the opposite of how a sex party should be run. Yeah, you gotta get the it women needs to be a matriarchy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's not gonna happen though, because the whole MAGA thing is you know yeah. the woman is in the home so it's yeah. pretty much just be the guys showing up for a little extra yeah they're all just circle jerking <laughs> <laughs> hey i love your hat i love your hat i love your hat <laughs> oh my God. We, we you guys are the best how, uh, we forgot to ask the rating on your podcast <laughs> this is normal conversation for us oh, okay. so, yeah. so you're you are safe yeah, our, our behavior tends to go very far. I, I love that you went to the whole circle jerking thing before I could. <laughs> Normally, you Bonnie's the same way. Wait, wait, wait. We beat you to it. Bonnie, they are giving you a run for oh, your they money. Are. My gosh. Usually, that's Bonnie's job. She's yeah. usually sitting Ooh. sitting oh, back okay. there with the, with the. Oh, no. It's awesome. Normally I say it's normally I walk into the dirty joke like I'll say it and as soon as I get to the end of the sentence I'm like 
30 oh. seconds in like two I'm like I have five seconds before Bonnie says something <laughs> like, she says something and in her mind she's like three two one <laughs> basically <laughs> I'll be like yep saw that one coming just didn't couldn't couldn't stop the sentence fast enough <laughs> that train was already rolling down the track <laughs> I think Martha's favorite pastime is see how red I can turn yes, that's in one my favorite conversation. <laughs> Megan is younger than us. So, you know, we're about, we're, I think Vonnie and I are about 10 years apart. And then Megan is 10 years younger than Vonnie. Yes. So we kind of have that. <laughs> The, oh, the stairs. Oh, you're like a little Matryoshka. You're a little nesting. You're a little, yeah, yes, we are. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. So Although red. when Jessica's here, uh, yeah. Jessica and normally we, turns more red quickly yeah, than I do. We've got an even younger member who is in her 20s. So um, it, it's I, interesting to see the blush and she's ginger, so yes. she blushes real yeah. well. But it's my favorite sport to try to come up with the filthiest thing I can think of to try to get them to just totally freak out. They don't, have, they don't, oh, have, so they don't have dirty jokes on TikTok. They're not oh. doing that on TikTok. No, I am on, I am on TikTok, but... Uh, but my actually one of my friends one day was like, yeah, somehow I ended up on like the kink side of TikTok. And I was like, what did you like to end up on the kinky side of TikTok? Like, I was so like, I didn't even know how to respond. We were like visit. She was in town visiting and I was like, she said it. And I was like, I'm just going to let that go. Because I don't want to know what side of TikTok. Well, could you she's ask on. her nicely so that I know where to go on TikTok? I mean, I'm sure you can. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a hashtag for it. It's, pro- it's probably like everything is like 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 book talk, like book talk. Like it's probably like kink talk. You could probably kink talk. You probably could find it. Like uh, different strokes for different folks. Yes. Well, I guess oh, we could. Alexa prop- is talking at me. I'm so- Alexa, dismiss that little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, would you like me to be a co-host for your podcast? <laughs> she wants in on the kink talk. She does that sometimes. I think I just tapped too close to her and it upset her. All of a sudden, her. she'll just chime are in. Are you sure? You said hashtag kink talk. She's and searching. she was like all about it. She's like, searching. Here's something I found on the web. And that's actually what it says right on her screen right there. It says, here's something I found on the web, according to inside.com. She's kind of on the fritz, too. So yeah. she's... She, she she's in here because you know the real one is in the kitchen. She's sort of in jail. She's <laughs> oh, so she, this one has like a little bit of a complex about it. She yeah. does. Yeah, she's got yeah. the she's got the eye twitch. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Her there screen was, just well, blinks. Let me let me ask. Will the two Alexas talk to each other like Furbies? Right. Like, will they carry on like a conversation? I bet I they could. That with me, I. I don't know, but that seriously is creeping me out right now. She's not going in there. Sometimes I'll tell the one in the kitchen to set a timer and the one in here will go off where there's no way that you can hear it. Stop it. You have me sentient out. Alexas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Stop saying her name. Sorry. Paul. Sentient data points over here. She's listening. She's always listening. Okay, Bonnie, are you going are you ready what, to What'd dive you find, in? Bonnie? Okay, so what I read this week is called The Masterpiece by Fiona Davis. This is a historical fiction that takes place in New York City in two different timelines. Um, one timeline is the 1920s, and the second timeline is the 1970s. And they're both uh, centered in Grand Central Terminal. And in the 1920s, there was an art school that was in Grand Central. 
And that's where our first main character, Clara, comes in. And she is a teacher at the art school. And she also does her own art, but it's really hard for her to get recognized because, you know, at the time, women... Mm. I would say because 1920? Yeah. Right. Because... <laughs> Women aren't recognized. They, you know, they don't have any kind of status or anything. And she really has to kind of fight to get any kind of status. So Clara, like I said, she's a teacher and she's struggling to try to get her art recognized. And the owners of the school kind of disregard her and everything else. And she ends up trying or having to like negotiate her way with another teacher who works at the school, who's male, and to get him to talk to them so that she can continue with her art classes because they basically want to fire her because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah. And so after um, this male artist who she kind of bonds with at the school helps her get recognized he helps like lift her up and she like becomes like an illustrator for some magazines and everything else and she ends up being one of the highest paid female artists in the 1920s that's pretty cool i was waiting for the bad stuff yeah well she might not be there yet this is a bonnie book bad stuff is coming (laughs) because what happened after the 1920s the, the Great crash. Depression. Oh, I forgot about that. So then the Great Depression happens and she basically just loses everything. All of the jobs that she had acquired to that kept her living in the way that she was living. Um, she lost her jobs because they just couldn't keep paying her mm. because she was a woman. They said if it because it came down to either keeping her on or keeping a male person who could do who her has job. a family to provide for. I exactly. Bet. And that was exactly the words that they used. Oh. So, of course, they fired her. I've actually so had that so happen forth. before, but not in the 1920s. Right. But, yeah. No, now, no. which is yeah, worse. Yeah, that should still yeah. happen. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. So, yeah. Passed up for promotions because mm. they, just because they might have children. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Might have a family eventually. So, you you know, you got to give it to the guy. But more stuff happens to her that's kind of goes even a little more downhill. But I'm not going to get into quite all of it because you have to read the book to find out. Of course. And then on the different timeline in the 1970s, you have the main character named Virginia, who is kind of struggling. She ended up having cancer and had to have surgery and then her husband didn't find her attractive anymore they ended up getting divorced so she found herself as a single parent for the first time in new york city and while trying to find a job she got a job as an information at the information desk at grand central terminal and one time when she was trying to find the restroom she stumbled across the old art studio, the, the old oh. art school that was exactly the same as it was in 1920s when they shut it down. Nobody oh, wow. had packed anything up. So it was just like this school that had been like frozen in time. Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. So then it talks about Virginia's story and how she, you know, she's struggling with being a single parent in the 1970s, which still wasn't a great time to be a woman let's face it 
she discovers the art school and she finds this painting that she really likes and she takes it from the art school. And after she takes this painting from the art school, she starts getting threatening letters saying, saying to put that painting back where it belongs or something's going to happen, you know, basically. And um, like somebody tries to steal the painting from her when she's trying to get it appraised to find out, you know, if the painting is worth anything. And so all of this other crap starts happening to her. Whoa, I like a good mystery now I'm yeah. in. And, you know, she's, you know, trying to get out there and start dating. And then the guy that she's dating doesn't turn, turns out not to be quite the gentleman she thought he was and so on and so forth. Mm. And eventually these two stories collide in some way. Hmm. And I'm not going to say how. Yeah. Of course not. But they do. All right. Of course, anytime you have a split timeline, something is going to happen to bring them together. Of course. And also, Virginia gets into part of a legal battle because uh, they're trying to tear down Grand Central Terminal. Somebody's trying to build a skyscraper where it is. And the other side of it is trying to get it declared as a historical landmark so that they can't tear it down. Because, you know, it's Grand Central. Right. It's been there forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kind of gets involved in that a little bit. And hmm. yeah. Sounds good. It does yeah, sound it was, good. It was pretty good. Is this, this is, I think this is the first time I've ever read anything from this author. And I like her writing style. It was really good. I'm going to read another one of hers. I have it on hold at the library already. Excellent. That's definitely high praise if you're headed for her again. Yeah, but it, it was a really good book and it kept me pretty enthralled the only thing i would have to say is that the timelines that she has in the book don't quite match up mm. to what they should be like um she says like for example she's in virginia's timeline she meets jackie onassis and she says something about jackie onassis being the same age as her but of course you know me that's why you asked me that question you googled that shit, i didn't googled you? Yeah. that shit and <laughs> yeah. they were not the same age they were within the, within 10 years i mean they were pretty close i mean this woman doesn't like... let anything go i'm telling you <laughs> let's, let's tweet the author you got your math dead wrong. yeah listen get your math right if you're gonna say it for sure in a book well, I then guess make we sure won't be right. tagging this author this week. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's just <laughs> one of those little things that... Yeah. that but that, it, it can pull you out of the story when you're like, wait a minute, that math, that math doesn't work. But what's great about this writer, though, is that it was such a good story that I could overlook okay. the okay. slight differences in the timeline, and I still loved it. That's good. Because... You yeah. know me, Martha. Oh, Sometimes that throws me off and I can't even finish the book because I'm like, I yep. can't do it. It's not right. It's not accurate. She's a stickler. But yeah, this this was like really, I, I liked it. Awesome. It was a good story. I think, and it's not too romancy. I know it sounds like it might be a little romancy and there is some romance in it, but it's not focused on the romance. Hmm. It's we always more, clarify because Martha doesn't like romance, so right. we have not to put a romance all. like notification on the front of yeah. all reviews. You know, so how you have trigger warnings That's on stuff. That's my trigger warning. You say Hers the R word, and I'm like, I'm out. Romance, romance is her I. trigger warning. We we actually, as a group, punked her once and all read romance books. <laughs> it was horrible. 
his shirt flew off. His oh my god! His rippling Um, and that was called "The Masterpiece" by Fiona Davis. Guys, are you ready? Yeah, let's yeah, do let's it. It's your turn. So we'll be reviewing the uh, the quarterly comics anthology series. The Nib. Yes. Um, it's uh, edited by Matt Bors, who's a political cartoonist. Yeah, he's a Pulitzer winning, uh, Peabody award winning um, uh, cartoonist who's known for his really good, sharp political satire. And um, yeah, he founded The Nib, uh, so, some other really great cartoonists. So The Nib has an interesting place. So when we think of political car- cartoons, political comics, uh, I always think of like reading see, of the things I would skip in the newspaper when I was a kid reading yes, comics, right? Exactly. Yes. It's like you have the comic, it's like you got your Garfield, you got your Far Side, right. you got your Bloom County, and then oh yeah, there's a black and white thing, and it's yeah. George, George H. Bush and George H. W. Bush, and, and his face looks long and weird, and you know I don't want, I don't <laughs> yeah. want. That's the not second, yeah, as a kid, the second you see that caricature-y sort of political cartooning style, that I guess like you identify with like the 20th century, you know, like the, those like exaggerated weird <laughs> yeah. faces. Yes. Um, yeah, you just immediately go, oh, this isn't for me. Like, I don't want to read this. <laughs> but the, the Nib is very much, uh, it, it, it's a very inclusive and, and diverse group of, of cartoonists, many of whom are quite young. Yeah, from and, around the world. From around the world. Mm. So in addition to that, they have, uh, so it all started with their newsletter. They had an email newsletter where they would email you comics and of course like if you you know it's like a part of newspaper like newspapers have been cutting comics for years you mm-hmm. know for and to cut costs and so the nib has this plays an important part in that ecosystem because right. com- political comics are very important in our history you know think about like tammany hall and and how you know the 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 comics played in in some of the some of the yeah. biggest scandals in American history. Yeah, you know? from e- even in during the revolutionary times. It's like a, a lot of uh, the way we were able to get everyone on the same page about revolution was through like political cartoons and <laughs> pamphlets that were being distributed in the New England area. Yeah, Absolutely. And so it's, it's very much like an American tradition. Um, and so, yeah, it's really great to see a haven for it online. But he, I, I feel like the Nib innovates in a couple of ways. So, yes. so one is, you know, they have this rotating regular, uh, you, you know, group of cartoonists who do a lot of like funny humor comics and a lot of different styles. Um, but probably the thing that the Nib is best known for is its comics journalism. Yeah, long form comics journalism. So they'll go, you know, they'll take interesting issues from around the world, you know, and we'll see stories in a, in a, a way that we wouldn't necessarily, I think, experience them if we were just reading you know, an Atlanta, you know, a, a, a five thousand word piece in the Atlantic. You really, I think, get a get a feel, especially when it's a foreign comic. You really get a feel for the situation on the ground and what it's yeah. like. And- it's immersive in a way that just reading an article in black and white isn't. You you see the faces, you see the emotion, you see. Um, you can better envision yourself in the same shoes as another people. Um, it's, uh, I think comics are a great vehicle for understanding uh, what is going on in the world because, I mean, we especially now, we can't go anywhere. <laughs> right. You know, comics are a great way to stay engaged uh, with the rest of the world. 
So to give you kind of a, a sense that we're, are we all, uh, we're all audio, right? All audio. Yeah. 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 We can so see it. So to give y'all a, a sense of the of styles oh, and, wow. and you know and, and pieces in the book, and of course you at home should go to uh, Google the nib and uh, find the nib. nib right. Yeah. Nib yeah, yeah. like a, like, like a, a pen nib like a pen nib you know yeah. so they'll do they'll do statistics you know they'll have comics like that are statistics you know we're going through an issue and they'll have the on the ground reporting and they'll have a quarter so they're they're quarterly which is packaged uh in a lovely matte laminate cover i'm pretty sure yeah. um you know it's a nice trim nice big trim size these are all original comics so these aren't ones that were in the newsletter uh, the newsletter these are all uh, originals around a theme yeah so they'll do so for example the newest one is a power issue mm. so they about issues related to power, you know, mm -hmm. who has it, you know, who who needs it, usurping it, you know. Exactly. Um, but they've done mm -hmm. they've done animals as a theme. I'm trying to remember some of the other. Um, themes. yeah, the upcoming issue I think that's about to come out is the pandemic issue. Oh, um, that'll be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. It looks an awful lot like a graphic novel, which is, you know, it does. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's really stunning looking. I agree. They're yeah, it's in full color and um, yeah, it's printed really well. You really um, you really get a lot of like time to, just, you know, really appreciate the work that's that's being. Well, and I feel like it's a good way to get people interested in current events, too. Like if yeah. a lot of them yeah. are current. Because like you were saying, like when I, I actually just went to Abraham Lincoln's museum and they have a whole section in his museum in Illinois in Springfield Illinois of all the com like the comics from when he was running for election oh, that is so cool oh, oh that, that is cool me. yeah oh, like you walk in and it's just like the whole room is floor to ceiling comics about how they didn't like him or like the ones that they did like him were a lot smaller or like wow so they they do those comics of like politicalness they they stick around they survive through time because they're quick and easy Mm -hmm. They do. And I would think that being a political um, or being able to illustrate a, a political comic like that would be difficult because you have to get so much in that little bit of of, um, of art. Well, it's they a, say a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, it mm. would just be a lot different than like Garfield trying to make you laugh because mm, in true. a political com uh, comic, you're trying to get across a whole issue. Plus, yeah. I would think it would also sort of soften the blow as well, because yeah. <laughs> you're not going to have to take as much heat for your individual comic. They're all in one one edition. It, you know, it can and it can also do the opposite, too. It's interesting. It, you know, depending on, on the style of the art style and what it is. Sometimes you, you feel very, you know, there's there's a deep emotional connection that you get to it that you wouldn't right. otherwise. The, um, what are some of our favorite uh, nib artists? I'm trying to think yeah. of cartoonists. So one of my favorites is uh, Mariah Rose Marie. She did an incredible long form story in the power issue of the nib um, called Roots to Fruits. And it's about, she is she's a mixed race queer artist uh, living here in LA. And she wanted to go through Ancestry.com and, and discover more about her family tree. And it's this incredible mix oh, of, cool. uh, of like a long story about her trying to understand why she matched with this one woman and it's very clear that this woman doesn't want to talk to her and uh you find out why oh, um cool. in the story but yeah it's about just like the just on a on a global level just 
what it's like doing DNA testing, um, about the accuracy of the DNA tests. Um, mm. There's um, important like uh, stuff to know about like the, the company that does these things, Ancestry.com. And so like in, in just this one story that's like maybe 10, 12 pages, it's a memoir and it's an overview of an entire topic, you know, of like the DNA family coding industry. Wow. Um, and, and it's about race just incidentally because of who is doing it. Mm -hmm. and, and so you get like layers of conversation in one, in one comic um, in a way that you just wouldn't be able to in only prose and just a black and white article. Yeah. That sounds yeah. really cool. Like that I'm in, I cool. I might have I'm to look into that. Completely intrigued. Also, it's one story in this issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's wall to wall bangers. <laughs> yeah, it's Matt Luchansky, yes. Ben Passmore, Shingen yes. Core contributes. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, uh, Joey Jenna, Allison Sayers. Yes, Joey Allison Sayers, Tom Tomorrow. Um, there are a lot of like major like political cartoonists who who contribute to the nib who you like would recognize in a newspaper as well. Oh, um, like a lot. Like, they've like they've picked up a couple of the alt cartoonists who uh, from like from, Village Voice, right? And stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. people who yeah who wouldn't be in like the Times, but who would be yeah in your in, in your the mid the mid sized papers that used to exist right. twenty right. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. The loop is, is really filling an important niche in uh, in culture and in comics, and uh, they've they've been awarded. Uh, they've won Eisner's. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, they've won quite, been nominated quite a bit of for, awards for, and... for awards and such. Yeah, I'm amazed. I've never actually heard of it. Well, you know, it's just like anything. I you, love it. You know, whatever genre you focus on, that's what you hear the most about True. because you're looking for it. And right. one of the reasons that we're so interested in having other people on the show is that we get that insight from elsewhere and each person's experience and it's really kind of cool yeah it's really true yeah thanks for having us on by the way yeah, yeah. absolutely we love it we love it <laughs> um okay so give us the the title and artist of your book yeah. well, it is uh, uh it is the nib yes the which nib. is a, a comics uh quarterly and it's edited by matt Bors. And uh, you can subscribe to it in the mail, but you can also get the back issues as well. And I believe it's the, let's see, the nib.com. Yeah, it's yeah. the nib.com. Excellent. We'll send people there. And I'm just, I'm just totally intrigued. I think it's going to be cool to look I at know. it. I know. Martha's getting about to Google it. If I'm she could excited. use her computer and record at the same time, I can't. Not she would have one. it done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you don't subscribe to uh, the, the quarterly you can subscribe to the email newsletter and get free comics every day very cool okay um megan all right it's your turn um so i am going to review of rioters and royals by ml gray and we actually had a really fantastic zoom call with ml gray what was that two weeks ago oh no it was election day yeah that's right it, it was happened on election, election day, day. Yeah. on election day oh. i know yeah. we didn't it, when we scheduled it it didn't come up that that was a problem because we scheduled it way out and uh and then it was but it was it was a nice it was I, actually perfectly timed for me and for keith because it gave us a like brain break from the news so it was kind of nice uh so we got to chat with her and talk to her about her book and i loved this book 
it is it's YA, which is my specialty, uh, <laughs> and it, it starts off and it basically the pr- the prologue is what you come to find out within the prologue is is an old like pamphlet that this kingdom handed out. Like it's kind of like telling you a little bit about the kingdom. Um, Keith kind of got stuck there because she's like, I don't understand what's happening. And she's like, so then I skipped it and came back and read it later and it made perfect sense. So if you get hung up on the prologue, like just go to the first chapter and come back to the prologue. It'll be okay. Uh, But so we learn there's a kingdom and it's divided up just like any other kingdom is. And they all have their own little attributes and niches. And we found, we know there's two princesses and they basically have a tournament to decide who their knights will be for like the rest of their life. For the rest of their lives? Yeah, they're Ew. like tied to like that is their knight and he is like assigned to them to protect them forever. Talk about an important tournament. It is. It's, it's, so it's, it would be, that would be like the Supreme Court justice of that kingdom. Well, but it's <laughs> for, life. For, for that princess. So like each princess has a knight. Okay. Right. Yeah. And our main character, uh, we meet Declan and he is a rioter and the rioters are trying to overthrow the monarchy. They're trying to say, like, we don't need this king and his family. Like, we want a different government. And we come to find out there's a fairly large group of rioters. And they're led by the mistress, who we later find out who she is. But we don't know who she is at the beginning. And she is plotting and, like, moving things around to get Declan to try to win this competition to be the knight for Emery, which is one of the princesses. And, but there's really kind of cool things about this kingdom is they have special powers that are, are based on the colors in their eyes. Oof. So they have like different, like some of them may be like a gray eye and some of them have like teal eyes or like streaks of teal in their eyes. And oh, so they have like, mar- like eyes that look like marbles. Yes. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. 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 And so each of like, if you have teal in your eyes, you, you can be. <laughs> yes. I like yes. it. Pro- yeah. So they, the teal have the power to like run really fast and just move really quickly. And Declan is a, is a teal. So yeah, based on like, if they have orange in their eyes, they can manipulate fire. And if they have blue, they can do things with water. So it was just a different take, I thought. And their eyes can change a little bit. So you could, yeah, the plot thickens, Uh, but they go through and it's, it's not quite Hunger Games level tournament. Like no one actually dies in the tournament but you could see it happening like you wouldn't be surprised in the tournament if someone just straight up died trying to be the knight stop jousting somebody's gonna put an eye out (laughs) yeah basically they go through like obstacle courses and all this stuff and we quickly realize that emery has more to her story than just a princess like, there's a lot of things going on in her world. There's a lot of things going on in Declan's world. And I don't know if this and is... And is there a romance? Of, of, course, of course, it's YA. Is, yeah, yeah. When don't my books have a romance? Swoon. Oh, they're doing kissy faces? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the spirit. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to give too much away because it was so fun. But there are... Everyone in this book has secrets. Of course they do. And you find out as the book goes on what those secrets are, how they interact 
between the characters, what it means for all the characters. And this is the first book in the series. There's going the third one. There's a second one. The third one is coming out next year sometime. Hmm. She said, and there's a novella that fits in there, which of course I have ordered immediately. Well, of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just really liked it because you kind of were reading it, going, okay, I think I can, I think I'm gonna figure it out, and then you're like, nope, didn't figure it out, and so it's kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's yes, good. yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I didn't really have a lot of know what I was getting into when we first talked to the author and what we were like, yeah, I'll read it, and I kind of just had good reads and. Um, the Amazon reviews for it. So I was thrilled that we, we picked it up. It was super fun to get to talk to ML Gray and hear Cause we asked her about the eyes and she's like, well, cause that's what people like, you notice people's eyes. Like if they're, it was just yeah. something she just thought was a cool twist on that idea of power and how it manifests itself in people in different ways and different universes. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a cool concept. It is. It is fun. And it was just it was different. Very cool. But it was, I just really liked it. I liked the twists and the turns and just the kind of the adventure of being, and just getting lost in it, especially because I read it the week leading up to the election and to just be able to be like in a totally different world and following the, she makes, um, and we have one of our friends who really does not like books with maps in the front. (laughs) at all like if she opens the book and she's like nope there's a map i'm out <laughs> she's like she's like with maps like i am with romance she's like oh no too complicated like, oh, there's a map okay there's if i a need lot- a map then i'm not reading it yeah i don't want that exactly and she and she kept her we talked to her about her maps because in each of the books she doesn't keep like you know like some artists they just keep adding to the map and it gets so big that you're like i can't figure out what the hell just happened she only right. gives you the map of the region that she's talking about so, like, right. in the second book, you don't have the first book map, like, connected to the second map. You just have, oh, here's so where you, you are. you get all the books, you connect the map. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's really good. Yeah. So, you're not trying to, like, be like, okay, where am I on this giant piece of paper now? Like, you just have what you need in that book and not having to worry about, like, well, this land wasn't talked about in this book. I don't know where it is or what's happening there. But it was a lot of fun. Well, we re-recorded our, our chat with ML Gray, so we'll make sure we have to bring my computer over and... So we can put, put it on the website. website. There, yeah. there are spoiler talk in the in the Zoom call. So oh, yeah. read the book before you watch the Zoom call because you know when you get talking about a book and then you're like, oh, you remember that part where? Oh, spoiler alert! Yep. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to read the second and the third one and the novella. Because <laughs> and I'm, anything else and anything else. Because and I just really liked the characters. Like they were just. They were just good characters. They were well yeah. well written. It sounded like a you kind of book when I looked at it. Oh, it was a definitely you a Megan book? book. A you kind of a, book. A, a me no, kind like book. a Megan kind of book, not like you. Not the like book you. you. <laughs> yes, so no, it was a hundred percent a Megan book, and I gave it five stars on Goodreads. Like I really loved it. Awesome. And that was of Riders and Royals by M. L. Gray. Sweet. Awesome. Okay. I guess it's my turn now. Yeah. It is. Do you know what your review? I do. She probably does not. Oh. I actually had a bunch of choices. I'm an Uber reader. I read a lot. so. Um, and I decided to give you guys a pass on the quantum astrophysics. So we're not doing astrophysics today. Sorry. Okay. I know you guys are disappointed. Uh. <laughs> Darn our luck. Oh, man. Yeah. You'll have to do that next week when I'm out Christmas shopping. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Listen, you ha- if I have to be here for that shit, you have to be here for that shit. <laughs> I'm going to let you take that up with my mama. Uh. <laughs> the book I'm going to review this week is called The Queen's Gambit. Oh. 
by Walter Tevis. And the reason that I originally picked the book up is because I saw that there was a Netflix series. So I immediately wanted to see if there was a book attached. And of course there was. And um, it was fantastic. Well, first of all, let me explain in case you haven't seen the series, which I have not seen it yet. I I just finished the book. Yeah. So um, it, it starts out in an orphanage. The main character, whose name is Beth, is an eight-year-old, and she's kind of a sulky, you know, bummed-out little girl who doesn't have many friends. She's a really good student. She's super smart, so the teacher picks her to be the one to go down to the basement to pound the erasers. Well, Isn't that normally a punishment to pound the erasers? Well, evidently, I guess it was a good thing for orphans. I don't know. You know what? I always wanted to be the person that got to pound the erasers when I was in school. See, it just depends I on... never got picked. I mean, I guess you're not wrong. I guess I probably wanted... But, yeah. but then we got dry erase boards and no one got to pound any yeah. more erasers. No more pounding in no. school. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're terrible. So anyway, um, she goes down to the basement and the janitor is down there. Well... The janitor is sitting there in a chair and he has this chessboard in front of him, which of course she doesn't know what a chessboard is. She's never seen one before. And he's just sitting there looking at it. So of course she's intrigued. And she tries to engage with him and he's really just not very responsive. And the story continues uh, where she is able to eventually talk him into showing her how to play. And she's, like I had said before, she was extremely smart and is, it's immediately evident that she's amazing at the game. And she sort of continues her relationship with this janitor throughout this first part of the book. Well, the other thing that's interesting about it as a whole is that it, it's really about addiction in a lot of ways. Um, as part of the protocol for the orphanage, they medicate the kids. They give them tranquilizers at night so they'll sleep. (laughs) And she starts to discover that they make her feel good. So she saves them up. Mm. And then she takes more. And then pretty soon along comes somebody who realizes that they're tranquilizing the kids and they try to stop it. So they stop at cold Turkey and she panics because this is, you know, she's at this point she's addicted, but she's only, you know, eight years old or nine years old or whatever. So she goes to some really extreme measures to try to get those little green pills which eventually gets her into trouble and she gets her privileges taken away, which of course is playing chess. So she goes several, I think it's like several years without being able to play chess. She does get her chess privileges back. And then the janitor one day brings in this guy from the chess club and she plays that guy. And of course he sees right away that she is amazing so she, he takes her to his chess club at school, the high school. And at this point, I think she's maybe 10, 9 or 10. And wow. he has her playing simultaneous games with all of these different guys, young men in the chess club. Because this was back in the, in the 70s, 60s or 70s. I don't remember which. But she kicks 
everyone's ass. She's amazing. And I would say the one thing, oh, she gets adopted um, by this woman and man. And it turns out once she gets settled in her new home, I think she's like 11 when she gets adopted. um, The dad doesn't stick around at all. He's like some sort of a traveling, his job is traveling. And so he's absent all the time. So she's got her mother who is basically an addict as well only it's more alcohol related and so she begins to um, experiment a little bit with alcohol after her mother discovers that she's a really great chess player which takes a while for that to happen and they end up going to all of these different competitions and whatnot and the addiction continues throughout her life it was fascinating that part of it was fascinating for me usually I don't really like the addiction stories because they tend to be a little bit too um, depressing and little woe is me type stuff going on. But the way it was presented was really, really good. The one thing and the one reason I did not give this book five stars was because I don't know anything about chess. Uh, oh, yeah. Then really you miss out it. on that metaphor. Yes. And there were so many. I mean, she was it was almost meth. Well, it was mathematic. So a lot of the descriptions, a lot of the, I mean, she would, she would play chess with herself in her head. So right. she was explaining these chess moves and doing all of this. I mean, it was really extreme. And it, a lot of times I found myself sort of zoning out because I really don't know anything about chess. So I would say that if you like chess and if you know how to play chess, this would be a five-star read, I would think, for you. I thought it was fascinating. I just sort of zoned out during those times because I did listen to the audio. Um, I would highly recommend it, though. It was really a fascinating book. I loved the fact that she was so young and was a talent that was recognized. And she was able to, as a woman, as a young girl, go out and absolutely dominate in a field where she clearly did not belong. So that part of it was extremely empowering and just a really fantastic story. I can totally see why they made it into a series, and I just hope they didn't fuck it up. That's all I have to say about that. People are people are, are love the series. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm hearing about on social media. People <laughs> yeah. talking about queens gambits and making chess jokes and all kinds of things. So. Yeah, so it's if you're, the hour for the chess player. Yeah, so They're like, our time has finally come. Yeah, so if you're a chess player, you know, you're really, really going to dig this book. It was excellent. And once again, that was called The Queen's Gambit by Walter Tevis. So is The Queen's Gambit like the name of the tournament? It's the. I think it's a the, move, it, isn't it? No, it's, it's a strategy. Oh, okay. Uh, That's, okay. There are all these different strategies that she discovers. One of her mentors, when she's at the orphanage, gives her this book that would be completely incomprehensible to any normal person. But of course, she discovers right away that it's really cool. And she memorizes all of these different strategies. And I can just imagine this little tiny little girl blowing all these grown men out of the water. It was just, I mean, it's giving me chills just thinking about it. Though, <laughs> like I said, the one thing was the chess. Hmm. Just didn't get the chess. And am I going to go learn how to play chess so I can understand it? I am not. Sorry. No. Not going to happen. I tried to learn chess. I had a coworker that was teaching me how to play chess on our lunch hours. Chess? Did you just chest. say chess? She chest? said chess. You chest. said chess. I said chess. 
listen, it gets very stuffy in here and I can't breathe. You know this. We do this every week. I know, I know. We're playing operation and it's only the chest, but only in the, the torso. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, he was he was teaching me torso. I bet he was. <laughs> brown chicken brown cow. <laughs> Just chess. Okay. And um yeah. After about like a month, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Let's move to a different game. My extent of chess is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and Ron chess. <laughs> playing yeah. wizard's chess. Wizard's yeah. chess, yeah. Or battle chess. Yeah, the, yeah I had a chess. There was a chess unit that we did in, in when I was in grade school. And we learned chess. I learned chess pretty young. I like chess. I don't play a lot, but a friend of mine is in like the top 1% of like of online chess players whoa he's really like, he is, he's like a basically a, 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 a grand man like an online grand master kind of guy whoa uh, fascinating yeah I, I mean it's it's always yeah. he, he always talks about it's like so blase it's like oh yeah and like I, i'm one he of might really dig this book it was really it, it was really fascinating she she goes on to uh, well i can't tell i don't want to ruin it no right. no spoilers but it was really excellent it's a good book all right, so, so you're saying that you might need a chess board with gnomes as the oh my god, god. yes, yes. gnome chess, swinging could, gnome chess. It could be what you invite when you invite your neighbors. You could get it out, set it on the and the pieces table. would be red and blue. Yeah, right? like Romeo and Juliet yeah. style. Mm -hmm. No, yep. I'm not thinking Rome, Rome, Romeo and Juliet. I'm thinking MAGA and oh. Sane. <laughs> oh. You know? Right. The difference between those two things right there. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Are there, is there like sex chess? Is that a thing you have? Like, yeah, probably. I mean, I mean like strip poker. They you have, play strip I was going to say, they have, you could make anything strip yeah, game. I feel like. The only way to do strip chess is if you take off a piece of clothes when you lose a piece. Oh, if you just yeah. do, do a game, because the games are too long, generally. That's true. So, yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd be totally, true. by the time you got finished with the game, you'd be completely over it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the slowest foreplay ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, well, you won the five-hour game, so I'm going to un I'm gonna unbutton the top three buttons of my. <laughs> <laughs> oh my All right, I'll you, start there. you get one Never. sock. I'll take my scarf off. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. I, I think we better work a little more on that board game um, development before we try to go get that patented. Or wait, no, that that wouldn't be a patent. That would be a uh, trademark. 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 They could be holding little books. They could be book reading gnomes playing Aww. chess. I like it. Yeah. Probably, honestly, gnome chessboard probably exists. I it would, probably it has does. To. You know what? Google Let's Google, Google that. We got to yeah. find this out. My, this my phone's almost dead. You, I got it. You have I got to it. Google it. I got it. I'm on it. I don't know. There might yeah, be. Might be. That's on the dark web. Kinky folks out oh, there. Oh, there are several different. Yeah, they're red and blue even. Looky there. Maybe we could just Perfect. oh it's in you. it's in it's in their garden it's an outdoor gnome chess set. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you can't really see it from there, but oh, I it, yeah, I'm a little scared by that whole thing. Oh, and the they they're naked gnomes. What? What? Is that not oh, a gnome butt? I'll, I'll hold. I'll come up and hold. Do you not see gnome butt sitting on that mushroom? Let me see your phone. Let me see. I think that's a skirt, Megan. No, it is dirty not. Dirty girl. Show them. 
Send that to Bonnie and then I'll show it to them. That is not. That is naked gnome. Let me see. Baby gnome sitting on I that need mushroom. Some, I need I'll bring it up there. It kind of does oh, look that, like that. There is some crack going on there. See? That okay, is a, a gnome ass. I believe yeah. that I, from, I mean, obviously it's a little blurry, but I would believe that that was naked. That, that Doesn't gnome. that look like yeah, it's, a, it looks, it's a butt crack? It looks like yeah, butt crack to I, me. Yeah, I think there's some but, gnome butts. Like a cherub kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah, but knowing what you know yes. now. Right. <laughs> You'll it's never look at gnomes the same way ever again. Swinging naked gnome chest. <laughs> Every time I Every, see one in the store now, I text her. You know, her. the one thing that makes me very confident that you'll never forget us is that one fact. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Listen, I, you was, guys are uh, remarkable without the note. Uh, <laughs> without no. <laughs> well, I was just gonna. I was just gonna thank them for inviting us onto the gnome cast. I think it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> the garden gnome cast. Well, you know, we had to do Christmas a little early this year since since we got the COVID. Since 2020 you know? sucks. Yeah. So oh, we're God. starting our celebrations a little early this year. Yeah, but is 2021 like going to be any better, really? No, I'm a little worried about 2021 being 2020's bitchier older sister. <laughs> I, I think yeah. you have good reason to, to oh. fear yeah, that. Well, you know? A lot of happening now. <laughs> I mean, I, the only thing I hope for is that I know that life isn't going to, you know, when there's a vaccine, life isn't going to fl- flip suddenly. It's like, yep, you're back to normal. Yeah, it'll take a year. But what, I, what I love is for, yeah, like you get back, you can get vaccinated and then you can just like go to a, like somebody's house. You know what I mean? Just really like, go to someone at, like, someone oh, we're, house again. oh, we're both, we all got vaccinated so we can all do the we house. We can all hang out. Yeah. Because yeah. LA is, you guys are like really locked down, right? Yeah, I mean the cases are cases are going up. They're, yeah, they're surging advi- they're, everywhere. They're, they're, there's uh, advisory, new advisory to stay home. Mm. I mean, I think everybody's worried about Thanksgiving. You know, yeah, I just true. canceled my trip to see my cousin that I hadn't seen in like two years this morning. Oh, mm. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Sucks. I had a little cry. I'm okay now. Yeah, well, you know. Like- we want everyone to still exist next year. Yeah. Yes. That's right. And if they I hadn't, mean, if they hadn't closed New Mexico, or I could fucking think something up, and now we don't have Aunt Susan anymore. Like, right. yeah. yes, that's true. That's a good um, point. If they hadn't closed New Mexico, we probably still would have made the trek. But like. I can't get to Yuma without going through New Mexico yeah, from here. Kind of oh, yeah. right. Yuma. Yeah, New Mexico's beautiful to drive through this time of year, too. Yeah. So. And we were going to do all the parks and stuff, and we're like, all those are closed, so, like... What's the point? There's, there's, yeah. we, we'll see you when we in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it's you know what? Let's do... Let's do um, one more plug for your podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, our show is called Dirt Cheap. Yes, dirt cheap. We're uh, we read weird paperback novels from the from the dust bins of uh, your bookshelves, and uh, we're currently reading Murder in the Glass Room, which is uh, a terrible old noir with a lot of funny uh, touches to it. And uh, yeah, the the it is a bizarre book. It's great. Uh, where we are finding ourselves uh, reading through it chapter by chapter in each episode. Some are split uh, into two episodes, but he reads to me and then I uh, freak out every couple of minutes, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Talk about that. It's awfully nice you guys have that bonding time together. That's yes, right. we do. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's uh, that's dirt cheap, and you can find that wherever podcasts are not sold, wherever yes, they are. Free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the podcasts are flowing forever freely. That's right. Uh, on any app you use, but yeah, that's cheap. Awesome. Awesome. We're so glad you That's guys great. joined us. This was yeah, so fun. It was fun having you guys on. Thank you yes, for having us. You. This was a, a blast. This was great. We enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, this was delightful. Yes. It was like having brunch with book club. It oh, like, yay. Really <laughs> That's our goal. That and, you know, that and some really inappropriate conversations. Right. You, you will know? always find that here. Yeah, yeah, that's baked in as well. Yeah. <laughs> to a standard book club. Yeah. 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 Yay. So there'll be no more conversation. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group three book girls tribe on facebook if you really love them share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events three book girls a steel trap production